Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily, most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily, thoughts and comedy from Broadway Super Fans. From Broadway Super Fans. Emily, do you feel empowered? I do. I, my uterus feels strong. <laughs> All my women bits. But you also hate your uterus. I do hate my uterus. Well, we're coming to a compromise. That's true. We'll see how it this It was just month- misunderstood and you've had to work with it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. We're working through it. This <laughs> morning we went to a, an event sponsored by The Interval. Ambition and Hunger. Yes. A talk, I guess, or a workshop. Yeah, it was yeah. somewhere in between. Yeah. Uh, with Janine Tesori. Yes. Our good friend who we saw Ripcord with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was really great. I'm really glad that we went. Me too. It was a great event. Janine is the fucking shit. She's such a badass bitch. Yeah. She's amazing. She's just, I think, like... Especially because we signed up for this because I was just like, yeah, Janine Tesori, The Interval, those are good, reliable sources. Let's go to this. Well, and I guess I didn't pay too much attention to it. I just thought it was going to be like a talk with Janine Tesori, right, sort right. of like that. Oh, that drama league that thing? That drama we league to? thing oh, that we went to. I didn't think to. it was going to be like about her life. I I knew that it was going to be some sort of like workshop or something. I mean, I thought there I would be a, about it. a Interval Lady right, 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 spin right. to sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, no, it was more like a little empowerment workshop yeah women and and it's nice to have the especially i the thing that i think i was most struck with while we were going through it was how how different my feminist upbringing was to most people i think i really take for granted my mom and my child like being a a Mm -hmm. born and raised feminist in the way that i was and really take for granted the way that my parents talked to me and how like I didn't have to deal with a lot of bullshit yeah do you know what I mean I do know like I kind of sometimes I feel feel like like feminist wise like you know when you're like rich people were born on third and they think they hit a home run yeah and feminist wise sometimes I do feel like I was born on second yeah you have a hard time allowing people to catch up to you it is difficult for me sometimes and I feel like I'm we're not going to go into any specifics especially because the space was a safe space where people were able to share but from some of the stories that were shared uh amongst everyone I feel like I'm somewhere in between where Mm -hmm. those people were and how they were taught and where you were Mm -hmm. because I think I was raised in a feminist household but didn't consider itself or didn't know it was a feminist household you know what I mean and most of the pressure that I felt growing up was almost entirely my crazy brain putting it on myself yeah nobody was making me feel inadequate I was making myself feel inadequate because I have some (laughs) something in your brain yeah yeah some fun chemicals that we all have that 
are different in other yeah. people. And my parents were always like, why are you freaking out about Why the- did you put yourself to bed? Because you didn't think that The Simpsons was an appropriate well, that's program not why for I you put to watch. To bed. Well, but it goes into the same. <laughs> well, yeah. It goes into the no, same. I that's censored how your, your personality yeah, absolutely. is. Nobody told me I couldn't watch The Simpsons. I decided they were inappropriate. Which is so funny. I don't know why either yeah. because I probably hadn't seen it. It was like from. You'd never watched it? I can't say that for certain. Because I don't, rem- I don't have a moment of being like, I'm How not going to watch you the Simpsons. Happened? You were like eight. Well, probably. I mean, the Simpsons started in '89, so I was um, six. So at some point, when I became aware of the Simpsons before sixth grade, when I started watching the Simpsons mm. and being like, "This is a funny, smart show," That's I decided so along the way that it wasn't funny. appropriate and that I wouldn't watch it. Right. It's so funny, you know, and like. My parents were like, you got an 88 on the Constitution test. That's good. And I was like, no, I got a B. I failed, which is doesn't make sense. Nope. <laughs> you didn't, didn't fail. I didn't fail. Got a B. Like literally did not uh-huh. fail. Was pretty far from right. failing. Right. A B plus even. Yeah. And I certainly never, I never had any, my parents were so, I don't know. My parents raised me and my brothers with a lot of independence, mm-hmm. you know, like. Uh, they're incredibly supportive, but even when I was a child, they were like, you're a person and you can make all your own decisions, basically. Yeah. I mean, my parents were on some level like that. And on other levels, like, n- they they taught us to stand up for ourselves, but then when we stood up for ourselves against them, that would make them <laughs> angry, you know, which is like a hard thing to, uh, right, to come right. to terms to as a parent. Which I do understand, especially because that's not how their parent they mm-hmm. reacted to their parents necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think growing up with three sisters and like my mom and my dad being in general very supportive. I, I don't mean to that for that to come off badly when I say in general, but obviously there's things that right. that everyone has hangups about sure. um, from how they were raised, like. I a lot of the things that people were talking about seem like second nature to me mm-hmm. and probably to you where you're like, yeah, why wouldn't you react mm-hmm. that way? But then the other side of it is to understand that that's not where everyone's coming from and that we have to support and help them get there as yeah. well. Absolutely. I mean, I think, yeah, it's interesting for me sometimes I – like, I remember having a discussion with people, cast members from like the Birds and Bees. We were like all talking about our periods, and everybody else was like, I didn't know what it was because nobody told me, mm-hmm. or like, I freaked out and it was shameful, and blah, 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 and all these things. And I was like, What? I started my period, and my mom took me to the mall, and I got my ears pierced, and we had lunch, and we got manicures and pedicures because it was my I'm a woman now day. I mean, not to, not to invoke the. <laughs> the shame that is the Cosby show now. But Mm. I remember watching that Women's Day episode of the Cosby show and thinking it was interesting and strange because as much as it was celebrated on that show, it certainly was no shame in my house, but Mm. I was the youngest kid and it was just another thing that happened. It wasn't made a big deal of in either direction. Mm. It just was like, okay, Right. And I was, I had been like waiting to start my period because 
a few years earlier, my mom had told me that I could get my ears pierced when I started my oh, period. Oh, well, there so you I go. Was, so that's what the... Dope. Yeah. And I got to miss swim practice that day, which was ah, exciting. Well, that was and a then whole we got, other level It was over of... the summer, so I didn't have to go to swim practice, and then I got to spend the day with, at the mall with my mom. Cool. It was a great day. Yeah. But that... I had... I ha- sometimes I forget that that experience... I don't is abnormal to most people. I don't understand. I still, I still do not understand the shame aspect of it because even though it is tied to sexuality only because it's part of the life cycle, I, I, there's, I, don't, I think I don't get men, it. I think men are completely and utterly bewildered and terrified by bleeding. But I'm grossed out by it, and I hate blood. But I'm not like ashamed that it happens. It just does happen. Well, I think I think men don't get. I I read but this thing in recently. Any other instance, like you have that dumb, you have like a dumb stereotype of women shying away from blood and men like working through it. Except when it's menstrual blood, it doesn't. Right. I mean, I understand why, but I also do not understand. But I think, like, I've read this little thing recently about, <laughs> like, sorry. what? I'm just like thinking about what we're talking about right now. It was a Janine Tesori event, so it is relevant to right. this. Podcast. It is, yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> it was women in art, right? <laughs> and one of the things, like, what was towards the end, we were doing a brainstorm that was what. Why? What was it? Why can't or why don't we let people see us eat? Was the right? It was, and then um, we were brainstorming other words yeah. or not. And I can suggested I be seen the word eating. bleeding mm-hmm. because I think bleeding has been, uh, you know, I've been having a lot of issues with my blood in the last year. So it's something <laughs> that's on my mind a lot, and especially, you know, being more comfortable. Uh, you know, when someone's, I think for a really long time. If I was on my period and in pain and people asked me what was wrong, I like I wouldn't be like, oh, nothing. But I would just be like, I have cramps. Sure. And like I wouldn't, you know, because that was sort of like a middle ground where I felt like I I didn't want to be one of those people that was like going to lie about what was going mm-hmm. on with myself. I, did, I was like, there's no shame sure. in just telling someone that I'm on my period. But, but you- just saying cramps seemed more and less in your face or something like that and like now like I was at work a couple like two weeks ago or something and I was on my period and I was sitting down because I was in a lot of pain and my manager was like brought me you know was like why are you sitting down and I was like I'm on my period right now and I'm in a lot of pain and I don't have any painkillers so I'm sitting yeah and he was just like okay cool no problem <laughs> you know but like I don't know where I was going with this I don't know support women the shame thing yeah about blood i oh this thing that i was reading i'm sorry i got off track this thing that i read the other day that was like talking about how really obviously a lot of thing about things about menstruation like completely terrify men because they just don't understand it but i think the the biggest thing that they don't understand Mm -hmm. is how uncontrollable it is because think about it like even if you have like you have to pee mm-hmm. real, real, real bad. Or like you have to take a poop real, real, real bad. Like to a certain degree and to a certain point, you can hold sure. it. There is nothing no, you any can't. woman can do at all to stop the flow of blood when the blood right. is coming. The blood will come whenever it fucking think, wants to. I think like the closest thing, which you can even on some level control it depending on your thoughts and calming yourself down is like a boner. <laughs> 
Because sometimes those mm. happen without you right, 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 thinking right, about right, anything. Right. That's yeah. the closest. That's, a, be- I that's think. a better thing to be like, yeah. Remember when you were in twelfth grade and you got that boner right in the middle of English class yeah. and you couldn't get rid of it? That's what it's like. Except it happens every <laughs> single month. Yeah. Every single month, all of a sudden, you're like, I'm just and you know just blood coming when out it's of my going body. Going to happen, sort right. of, but not exactly. Right. right. Anyway, I mean. And I guess this, I don't want to say devolved because, again, that's like right. adding a level all of, of these things, shame to it. But totally. it all boils down to the fact that women are a part of this society and they should be reflected in art. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what this workshop was about. Right. Yeah, I thought we'd also did a lot of great work. A lot of the stuff we talked about was about, you know, being able to advocate for yourself and being able to know the, like the thing that I thought was the best thing that Janine said today was when one girl in the audience brought up the MTC season, right? you know, and was like, you know, that happened and it upset me and it made me angry and I didn't know what to do about it. And Janine was like, did you write them a letter? And she was like, no. And she was like, you know, cause the girl was like, is it worth it to call thing, these things out or are, am I potentially cutting myself off from jobs and future work and like all that thing? And right, because she's an actress of right, color right. and is in the back of her head, I'm sure, thinking if I write an angry letter to MTC, I will never get to work right. at MTC, and like which isn't necessarily can, the truth, right, it's not, but and also an like, understandable right. fear. And it's also because the community is so tight-knit and small and then sure. word travels and she's thinking I could write this one letter and never work and never mm-hmm. have a career and Janine was she's like difficult to work with was like she's if, an activist right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> what you a know. terrifying word <laughs> and Janine said like well if that's the theater company do you want to work there and that I th- right. think was one of the best best things is that because I have uh, because of the position I'm in, I think I have a really a lot much easier time just screaming about all the things that make me angry because I don't work for any of these people. I'm not going to work for any there's of these no people. There's no there's you. no stakes for me. Sometimes I get scared that I'm going to get banned from the theaters, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I just that's, people have said and done worse things that haven't gotten them banned. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm in a much like freer position because I never have to worry about this stuff, and I understand it's a big problem and it's difficult but i thought that was such a great point that it's like because i think sometimes we get in these situations where you know something wrong is going on and you want to fight it Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's like you know like if you're at a shitty job and like my last coffee job was shitty and i was fighting them and then at a certain point i was like i'm just going to burn this place down and get out of here <laughs> because i don't want to work here like mm-hmm. i've been fighting so hard to keep my job in this miserable situation and i'm just going to report you to the proper authorities and right. get out because i don't want to work there right well and i think Along those lines, another thing that Janine was talking about is the importance of language Mm. and the words that you use to write that letter. If you are just like, this is bullshit. Look at this season. I can't even believe. Like, that is going to be dismissed. Right. 
you know, versus I'm an actress and I support your organization, but this is difficult for me. Right. When I see this, I know that that, like Janine was saying, you know, when that season is put together, it's put together piece by piece. And then you step back. Right. And maybe that's when you realize, ah, fuck. Right. Like we just put together an entire season of plays by white men. And that's not the intention, but then lesson hopefully learned that as they're put together piece by piece in the future, you'll remember in the back of your mind, oh, the first two we did were by white a white man and a white woman, so let's try to get a person of color in there. Right. You know, and it's not... Those allowances have to be made, but it doesn't mean that that piece that you choose by the person of color is a lesser piece. Mm-hmm. It just means that now you're looking for that piece. Right. Yeah. That's where the allowances are made, not in quality and not in art, but in the widening of the pool. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the things that was tough about today's discussion is that it's hard to talk about tangible things that, tan- like tangible actions, you know, oh, yeah. how do we change it's this? super hard. Because one of the things that I always go back to is that I'm like, we need to get a younger generation of people of color and of women excited and motivated and feel like they can have a place in this community. Sure. That's how we'll change That's it. That's the other thing. If, that's how it'll be different yeah. is if there's a 10-year-old black girl right now that's like, I could go into theater yeah. and pursue Absolutely. It. And also, if we're all writing those letters to MTC then instead of choosing a season for their current subscribers who are old white people, they'll see that there's an audience beyond that there. And it might piss some of those old white people off or confuse them or be like, what is this show? But those, I mean, no offense because we all are going to die, but those people are eventually going to die. And then we're your remaining audience. Yeah, I definitely think... It's hard for those subscription services. I really do think that... We're on the precipice of large changes because, I mean, not very close, but I think over the next 10 years, I think there's going to be a lot of turnover in the artistic directors, the people who have been the artistic directors of theater companies since the 80s and the Mm -hmm. 70s and stuff like that. I think those people are going to get phased out and the people that will hopefully be phased in will be reaching to a younger audience. And... All those fucking subscribers that are like in their 80s, you know, TikTok. Well, that's what I'm saying. And I don't mean that in a mean or disrespectful way. I do. But, but, you know, again, everybody dies. And that's the cycle of theater. But you can't... It's always going to be that dying generation that you cater to if that's the only ones you ever cater to. And eventually, I hope not, but eventually if we're that audience, you know, they're looking beyond us Mm. and they're looking to what the generation after us is interested in seeing. And then hopefully they program for that. And then we, as the old people are like, Oh, I never would have thought to see this show, but it was really good. Well, I wonder. And not like, like that show's too long. I would be so <laughs> curious to look at these subscription theater companies and really, like, what uh, their numbers for their subscribers must be like 85% of our subscribers are over the age of 60. Yeah. You know? And it's like, 
if I had Why disposable you... income, I would subscribe sure, to too. these theaters. Me you too. get good seats and you get to pick and all yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. I would become And a it is a deal if you're always buying full price tickets. Right. It's a deal to subscribe. Right. But I also, you know, I think that like a lot of them have their subscription service, which are the vast majority people that are older mm-hmm. and then those are the programs that also have like pretty good like youth ticket yeah, programs absolutely. or like under 30 programs but it's like you're catering to the subscription people making it accessible to young people but then like as a young person coming to see all these subscription shows even on like a hip ticks or link ticks or 30 under 30 i'm like MTC, 80% of the shows I see at your theaters, I don't fucking like because they're about boring old white people and their problems. Yeah. And not even like interesting problems. Right. I was going to say like <laughs> we just, you know, Ripcord was about old yeah, white people, sure. but it, it was fucking mean, interesting yeah, exactly. and good. And also they they didn't the country have house. To be white and I feel like not that you can't have rich white or rich, mm. rich people of color, but you almost have to put that in the script. Right. Like, um, stick fly. Right. You know, right. not that you can't colorblind those cats, but it's very whiteness. clear that those were the defaults. Right. White. Right. Yeah. Decentralized whiteness. Yeah. Whiteness is not the default. Motherfucker. Oh, the country house. Yeah. I don't ever want to see another play that's about like rich white people, in the whole play takes place in a weekend <laughs> at their weekend house so, i mean it doesn't necessarily have to be a weekend well house. that makes it worse though because then they're rich enough to have a weekend house right, 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 right. or a but any house. of those fucking family drama plays that are like white rich people that are like oh we've got drama and in the second act you'll find out that the family secret yeah the big family secret <sighs> oh anyway um, more interesting problems, rich people. Yeah, I know you must. Right? <laughs> Come on. Ugh, Arbor Day. <laughs> I was just remembering the country house and also how we all, you know what would have redeemed that what? show that was pretty boring and not great? If the entire, if they had done some fire effect at the end. Oh, yeah. There was all that stuff about how burning the house down and mm-hmm. in the play or the thing he wrote, it burned down. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that would have oh. helped. Yeah. I would have enjoyed that at mm. least. It would have been cool. Anyway, <laughs> women in art. Yeah. Uh, you know, the interval, aside from having a lot of online content, is starting to do events like this. So yeah, um, you should look into them. They're fantastic. Yeah. Free event. We also saw, not together, but uh, at the public theater, First Daughter Suite. It sounds like we had different reactions to it. Vastly. (laughs) I wouldn't say vast. Well, no, I guess I would. Well, I didn't like it at all. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's vastly. Vastly, I guess, would be like if I was like, it's the best thing I ever saw. Right. I mean, and I also wouldn't It's not the worst thing you ever saw, right? It's not the worst thing I ever saw. And I think there's a healthy dose of me being like, maybe Lachuse is not for me. Well, right. Which is... You know, because I'm like... Good to know. I like Giant. Like at intermission, I like went through his bio and was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I saw Giant and I liked it a lot. And okay, I actually haven't seen any of his mm-hmm. other shows before. And the only one that I know the music from is Hello Again. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this is my you're not a Lachusa person. Yeah. Which is fine. 
Um, but I was able to find something um, offensive and problematic in every single scene. <laughs> so there's that. Mm. The first scene I thought was sexist. I get why you say that. I don't disagree, but that I didn't react that way because you said they were being like catty, but super sexist. Like, I just thought it was like I think they you, were being sisters. I don't know. I have yeah. three sisters, and that's not that's if that were. I didn't necessarily think the catty sister stuff mm-hmm. was the part that was sexist. I thought the fact that most of the drama was revolving around the are the chairs going to be in or out? The wedding, the wedding, the wedding, the wedding has to be perfect. And then I was like, you. Also, I think I had expectations uh, going into the show that I was like, first daughters, it's going to be, I'm going to learn about the first daughters of the American president. Sure. And I don't think that's what the show is at all. No, it's not. I didn't have, I guess I didn't really have any expectations going into it. I mean, I think Maybe my that's only, why... I think the only thing in my head was that I was like, I will learn about these women. And then I guess I didn't think he did that very well. I didn't, I, I didn't feel it made me also be like, these are real women. Sure. These are real women who you are. I don't know how much or what types of research went into these, but I did sort of feel like, I I don't know. It was like, are you making this stuff up about them? Like, are you just guessing how much of this is real stuff? Like, real from their personalities and some of the characters I thought were like overdrawn and some of them were under. And I was like, a lot of these women are still alive. <laughs> like what the fuck is going on? Also? I mean, I thought the first scene was like slightly sexist, mostly boring. <laughs> Listen though, though. I mean, there's lots of great singing. Absolutely. Michael John Lachusa certainly knows how to make his ladies sing. Mm. That's true. Well, I mean, I hear all of the things you're saying and I understand it. And I guess I just, I took it for, with a grain of salt being that, you know, uh, I don't remember the daughter's names, but that in real life, one of the Nixon daughters got married at the White House. Right. But I'm assuming that this is a, a you know, historical fictional account right. of what could have happened behind the scenes because right. it was a rainy day. Right. And it was during the, like it was right after Watergate. Or right. Whatever, I think or all before the like, textual stuff was all like, I definitely think all that also making it seem like the big outdoor white house wedding was set up to distract from the loomingness of mm-hmm. Watergate. Um, but I was like, you weren't in that room and you don't know what these... I mean, for I some guess reason, I didn't think it was presented as fact, so it didn't... Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't think it was presented as fact. And maybe, I think, I guess only because those women are still alive, it bothers me. And I can see that. Like, I mean, and I'm only thinking of that right mm-hmm. now that I'm now like, well, what if there had been like the same type of scene about like, you know, George Washington's children or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he, like how many kids he had or I, I I'm sure he did I have kids. I'm sure I'm he assuming, did. right? Everybody had kids back then. Yeah. Then it awesome. would seem less strange to me. But for some reason now that I really think about it, I'm like, maybe that was really what I was reacting to was that it was women that were still alive. 
and you're like fictionalizing sure. their life and you're like they don't have any control over the things that you're saying and this is the only snapshot of these women that we get and like like the sister that was getting married I was like I didn't like the way they painted her character I thought it was frustrating I was like I understand girl mm-hmm. this is a valid thing to be upset about you planned an outdoor wedding and it's sure. raining you can be upset about that. And I felt like her her frustration and her emotions in that scene were played for laughs. And it was played in like, ugh, <laughs> women. But maybe that was just the audience I saw it with. But I also think it was in the writing. I thought the second scene was racist. The third I think scene the was 70s transphobic. were racist. Well, the 70s were racist. So I think that was a reflection of that. I think that's like telling yeah, people but to still... take the N-word out of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. You have to teach the context of... No, but in this situation, of a white show the... presenting itself to a white audience still playing into, even though it's a 12-year-old sure. or however old that girl was, and even though it's a dream, the only thing you're showing about Iranians is this 12-year-old girl's dream fantasy well, of them as like baklava terrorism which baklava is not a um <laughs> right but i don't know i i i get it i get what you're saying and i knew that that would be your reaction right i think maybe that's the public and lacusa taking the audience like holding them to an understanding that they may or may not have what do you mean of seeing that as presenting how a 12-year-old who's been hearing whatever she's hearing from her president father who's been put in this awful situation sure. sees Iranian people. Right. And that's all she knows right. of it. But, but that doesn't matter because we have no human, fully f- characterized Iranian... Like, we don't have those examples to look at. The only examples we have are terrorists, and this is just another one that's saying Iranians are terrorists. But that's why I'm saying, and maybe it's wrong, but I that they're holding the audience to a higher standard that maybe they shouldn't because I know that not all Iranians are terrorists. Well, obviously, we're woke (laughs) and not racist. You know what I'm saying? And maybe that's not the answer, but that's probably why it didn't hit me that way because... Maybe I would be able to feel that slightly differently about that scene and how racist it was if he hadn't also been transphobic in the next scene because I think using a trans slur just demonstrated to me that he well, and I think in, doesn't know what he's doing. In that scene, using like, the T-word was not the same because there was no actually actual real reason to use it right. versus the effect that I'm assuming, unless he is just racist, that the the depiction of Iranians was used in the Amy Carter's scene. Like, there's, there I was just, no real reason for... I, I think that maybe there's a time and a place... Reagan's in, daughter to use that. ...for that Amy Carter scene, but I just... I don't think we're there yet. I sure. don't think it's something that should be put out into the world right now. Mm-hmm. In that way, I 
You know, I think there's like, I think there's plenty of things that we can look at, you and I can look at and be like, I see what you're going for. I understand it. It's not like in the greater context of things, it's not bad, but in the context of how scarce people of color are in the arts, Mm -hmm. it's bad by definition. Mm -hmm. Like for example, in Honeymoon in Vegas, Mm -hmm. we both thought that the Mahi character and her fricky fricky song was incredibly racist. Right. I had a Twitter conversation with someone who was Asian being like, I wasn't bothered by that scene. And I was like, how not? How how not? What? (laughs) What? I was like really confused because I was like, I thought it was horrible. And she was like, I don't know. I just thought it was like funny and kind of like light and it wasn't serious or anything Mm -hmm. and i was like okay i totally understand that and maybe if there was like you know a ton of fully formed asian characters that we got to see then it wouldn't be bad and you could have something a parody like that and it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. but because of the world and the situation that we're living in it is problematic well, it's and that's like kind of the, how I feel about the Amy Carter thing, I think. Sure. I think, yeah. I Because people like us who know that all Iranians well, are terrorists yeah. are going to look at that and be like, this is one depiction of it and it's mm-hmm. her dream and it's all, it's a fucking dream. So it's out of control and right. ridiculous. And like Rachel Bay Jones was like eating paper, you know? <laughs> and then, but if you're fucking racist, yeah. you're going to sit down well, and, and that's just why be like, I think I get whether it. it's, it's funny. right or not, the public because it's the public, mm. is probably holding their audience to a higher standard. Mm. And there might need to be more context for that. Mm. I, don't, the, I don't know, man. The public's like on my shit list right mm. now. I'm mad at them. Well, they can't, you know, I don't know. I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. I'm going to bring in... Yes, well, the, it's on our list, so do it. We'll just sort of... So, like, the public theater was like, hey, we've added this show to our season, Southern Comfort. It's a musical, and they put out a very direct casting call for trans actors being like, we want trans people to be in this show. Yes. And everyone was like, that's awesome. And you're like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Good for you, the public. And then I went to go see this show and in the fucking third scene, they use the T word twice for absolutely no fucking reason. And I was disgusted. I was like, how the fuck can you post a casting notice calling for trans people specifically while simultaneously producing a show that uses the T word for no fucking reason like pejoratively completely and like fuck you it just made me so fucking angry it's just yet again another example of people wanting your money but not following through as a good ally they're like hey they're pandering like you're like oh my god that's so awesome you're gonna produce a trans musical that's really exciting but that's when you realize that really what they're doing is pandering to you for your money because they're putting up that trans musical they're a non-profit but they still need people to come well, and buy I their know, tickets and see the shows. It's not like they're making a profit out of it, but they still have to make think, money to continue to go. I think it's something that needs to be pointed out and discussed. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not like boycotting well, the public, I know you're not, but I think it's unacceptable. Because it is an important step and I, that's not the answer is like, because if nobody sees it, then it's not going to happen again. And I know that that's not what you're saying, but I don't know that I would go so far as calling it pandering. I think I just think it's they, one of those times when you're like I think if they would acknowledge and or I mean I don't know that a statement needs to be made but they could be like hey 
let's, you know, make sure we're really reading scripts from now on of what we're putting out there. Right. Because this is this is the direction we've decided to go in because it's the right direction right. and we're going to f- 100% fully go in that direction. For me, I I see it as the public being like we're going to produce this piece by, you know, about trans people because we're a trans ally. And then you're like, you're a shitty ally if that's how you think being an ally works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people who are like, I'm an ally, but I'm still like, I'm a gay ally, but I'm still going to support these anti-gay businesses. Right. And they're like, why? I'm your ally. And you're like, you're not my fucking, you're like, you cannot call yourself an ally if you're not in the fight with us. Mm-hmm. You're not an ally unless you're in the fight with mm-hmm. us. Be better allies. Yeah, I think really pissed me off. It made it just who the fuck nobody fucking sat Michael John Latusa down and was like, hey, there's absolutely positively no fucking reason why the T word is in here twice. You could use any other random slur, Mm -hmm. you know, call them slut or bitch or whatever. The T word is not necessary to this scene and you, you should change it. No, and that's why it's again, it's that thing when you, you just have. I mean, I have not looked at the you know makeup of who is working at the public, so I don't right. really know. But these are the types of things that happen when there's only one type of person in the room. Sure, if it's all white men, they don't under they miss these things. That's how that Meryl Streep, I'd rather be a rebel than a slave, happened, right? Because it, it was, was only white, white women feminists. in the room, white like, feminism, yeah, exactly. Like, I think this is what happens. Well, when so. Hopefully, this will bring in more trans people into the public, like, not just as talent and as audience members, but as employees, as employees, and someone can point that out. Someone has to be the first one to point it out yeah. in the room, not even right. from the outside, right. because if you're, if you're on the outside, you're, you know, you can shout as loud as you should, but that doesn't mean they'll hear you. Right. Like, think about what an incredible season, like, a trans woman of color would put together for mm-hmm. a theater company. Like, that's the fucking season I want to see. Because yeah. I bet she would pick great shit. There'd be all kinds of stuff. <sighs> <laughs> We're getting there. I know. I just want to be there, there already. We can't just be there. I just want to be there it, already. You know, it, you, you're on second base, Em. <sighs> it's so frustrating. Yeah. But the good thing is it's happening. Yeah. And aside from changing how they view the other shows that they're doing, they are putting this out there and are looking for transgender actors to be a part of it. It's based on a 2001 documentary of the same name, which now I want to watch. Mm. It's uh in Feb- it starts in February, so I feel like I could watch that now and there yeah, would yeah, be yeah, enough yeah. time that would to be enough time. Yeah. I don't like watching things too close, but right. um I don't really know anything about it, so I'm super excited. Me too. I hope it's good. It better be. I mean, that's the hard thing with the public, too, is that they do do these groundbreaking, amazing shows, and then there may be a step back, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. But they're still moving forward. You just want to work on them not moving back. Right. A couple other announcements. We got some... More casting news for Waitress. We knew that Jesse Mueller was coming to Broadway with it and some of the other actors as well. Um, 
Drew Gelling, a little mini uh, reunion oh, on of Clear on a clear day. day. And some other people that are joining are Christopher Fitzgerald. That's exciting. I'm really excited. I haven't seen this movie in such a long time. I think he's I think like he's the, the nice guy. Is he the nice guy? No, Drew Gelling is the nice guy, right? The doctor, he's Nathan Fillion. I don't know. Isn't Nathan Fillion the doctor? I don't know. Pull up IMDb. Let's figure this out. I think he might be the dirtbag husband. No! What? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say, if that's true, I'll be excited about it because that will different... be way against type yeah. for Christopher Fitzgerald, which is fun and exciting. Or maybe he's, is there a wacky friend? I don't know. <laughs> he must be playing like the wacky friend. Oogie. Eddie Jameson. I don't know. Jeremy Sisto. Click on him. I want to see his face. Okay. Jeremy Sisto is the bad husband, so he's not the bad husband. I I recognize that that actor. He must be some. He probably works at the restaurant. Look through the the screen grabs from the movie. No, no, no. From the movie. Okay, hold on. I want to see who's playing Eric Anderson. No, that's somebody else. Who's playing her mean old husband? They haven't announced yet? Maybe not. This is great reporting. Uh, <laughs> reporting from the front lines. <laughs> reporting IMDb. from the internet. No, look at the photos. photos. Okay, okay. Photos, see photos. If maybe we can figure it out based on a picture. I haven't seen this movie in such a long time. Oh, it's so good. Well, who is that guy? He's not in any of these pictures. And now it's just... There he is. <laughs> it's just like who the step and repeat at the opening or whatever. Maybe I'll watch that. Like, Wait, when's it start? Do I have enough time to watch it before? Yeah, it doesn't start till the spring. Okay, I'll watch it. Okay. Previews begin in March. End of March. It's one of those opening just under the wire situations. Kimiko is in it. Kimiko Glenn, also new to the production. Kiala Settle is coming from the art production and also Dakin Matthews, who was in Rocky. Did you say art? Do you say A-R-T? I always say art, even though I guess I'm not supposed to. I think, okay. I acknowledge that. Oh, okay. I just, you made me think I was saying it wrong. <laughs> no, I think we've I'm saying gone it right. I think you're, you're saying, saying it right, and I'm sticking with it. Um, yeah, Deacon Matthews from Rocky was the, he's the coach. <gasps> Get him, Rocky. Also oh. known as Headmaster Charleston from Gilmore Girls. Nice. Uh, I, I'm excited about this show. I haven't listened to anything that's me been released. Either. I'm not listening. I don't want to, me right? Either. I'm not yeah. listening. Yeah, let's hold on. I out. haven't heard, I haven't heard any of the songs. Me neither. Me neither. Not gonna do it. Yeah. Then we have some really, like, completely unexpected. Yeah. And exciting news. Seriously, like, like I thought it was April Fool's nowhere. Day. I was like, <laughs> that sounds meaner not, than you. Mean I know, it. I know, I know. Like, I thought it was, but I, <laughs> no, just I know, never I thought know. it would happen. No, I, know. I was so shocked, and I had no indication that it was coming. And I was, and when I started reading through the cast list, I feel like I was like, what? <laughs> What? 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 With possibly the greatest cast ever assembled. like the greatest cast ever I would say this cast, this season. This is the type of cast that you see in a one-night-only concert. Right. It rivals like Shuffle Along. Because Shuffle Along was like all the great black actors. That doesn't mean they're not in other shows also. There's a lot. But they were literally like... The list of... Think of a black actor you love. <laughs> they're in it. Yeah, yeah. And shuffle and along. They're not and in that. They're, they're in the color purple. Or Hamilton. Or Hamilton. Like, they're all taken up. <laughs> Nobody could do a production of, uh, I don't know, the, of The Did you the see that Wiz. thing the other day when someone was like, hey, Joshua Henry, I want to write a musical yeah. for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was great. I can't remember who that was. <laughs> Me either. Oh, we never actually said what's happening. What are we talking about? <laughs> Disaster, the musical. I'm so happy. 
Seth Rudatsky's musical with his partner, his writing partner, Jack Plotnick, their musical Disaster, which is a parody of all those 70s disaster movies, which I don't even think I've actually seen any of them, but I'm aware of them. I think I saw like half the of Towering the, Inferno, the redo of Poseidon, and po- the Poseidon Adventure, like all of those. But it had like Emmy Ross in it? I don't. I mean, I remember that happening, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I saw half of it. Um, we saw it off Broadway. It had a couple of productions. It had sort of like a, a short, short production and then an off Broadway sort of more staged production for a few months. And that's the one that we saw. Yeah. At the St. Luke's. Yeah. 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 Church theater. Yeah. Um, with Mary Testa. It was so good. It was one of, oh my God, we had such a great time. So funny. So fucking hilarious. I feel like I was crying my face off Mm. because I was laughing so hard. We still... Mary Testa's lines from that show are still jokes that mm. we say to each other Ugh. all the time. Her like tap fake tap dancing oh, is like the funniest brilliant. thing I've ever seen. Now the sad part is brilliant. Mary Testa is not transferring with this, which yeah. um, she'd fit right in. So I'm gonna guess scheduling, right? Um, but it doesn't have parts listed. But I would guess based on casting that Faith Prince is taking Mary yes, Testa's part. Definitely. Um, here are some of the other people in it. Roger Bart. Fuck yes, return to Broadway. Who I've never seen in a Broadway show <gasps> because I didn't see Young Frankenstein. I'm really excited because Roger was also supposed to be in Finding Neverland. Yeah. And then he was like, fuck y'all, this is shit. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited. I don't like Roger Bart. I made him a cappuccino like a year ago and I wanted oh, to yeah. be like, hey, I like you. Hey. <laughs> I didn't want to bother him. No, no, no. Um, Carrie Butler. Carrie fucking Butler. The Carrie queen Butler. of our hearts. Oh, my God. Can you worship her? Oh, my God. She's going to be so funny. <gasps> Kevin Chamberlain, who's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Adam Pascal. Who's going to sing things to oh. us. He's a pretty, pretty voice. Hey, ladies, you want a picture? <laughs> He's so awkward. <laughs> we should explain that. Yeah. Um. We were still involved with Memphis and doing some stuff with them when he was in the show. And we took our friend and her mom to see it. And her mom was like a huge Rent fan. So we did a fancy, fancy and got us backstage. (laughs) And um, as he was like walking out, we were like, excuse me, Adam, because we wanted her to be able to meet him. And he was like, hey, ladies, do you want a picture? And we were like, yes, yes, (laughs) Yes. we do. In fact, that's that's exactly exactly what we want. want. And And then then he did the same thing to us again when we went to closing night and we were at the closing night party. And why did we decide to talk to him? We just wanted to take a picture with him, I think. No, well, that or we just wanted to be like, congratulations. I think we were even just. just, He was standing alone at the bar and we we were like, now's our chance. Say hi to Adam Pascal. Say hi to him. And he was like, ladies, want a picture? (laughs) And we're like, is that just what you say to people? No. People are like, hey, Adam. He's like, do you want a picture with me? I love it. Because he, I, I, I hope it's because situational. Then you no, know, well, sure, 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 right? <laughs> right? Because like all you doctor, can possibly Adam Pascal, right? is how many hey, do you, you wonder how many times it has happened to him where he's been like, want a picture, and the person's been like, what? Okay, who are you? What are you talking about? Oh my god! Do you think he's gonna go see School of Rock because he was in the movie School of Rock? Oh, was he? He was the lead singer of the band that. Um, replaced Dewey when they kicked him out. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I would probably pick that band. <laughs> no offense, Jack Black. I love Jack Black, mm. but I got to go with the belting. 
Gotta well, go for the high belt. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, we have to finish up this cast. Oh, God. Emily. Rachel fucking York. <laughs> I'm so excited. I love Rachel York. Also, this part's going to be fucking great uh, for her because I'm pretty sure we can assume that she's playing the like the lounge singer. Oh, that would make the, sense. The, I have trouble. There are so many people on this list and there were so many people in that show that I'm like, I don't I remember like Mary Testa's character. I remember that there was a kid that played a boy and a girl. Right. So that kid, that character's mother was like the girl who was, I fucking forget who played it then, but she was like the lounge singer, not the black woman. Right. Obviously. Right. I remember the black woman. She was like the flighty, awkward, and her children, and she's the one that ends up falling in love with Seth Rodetsky's character. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. really fucking excited. Um, Jennifer Samard. Oh my god, I'm so fucking excited about that because she was she's she was in the the okay, off Broadway right, production. Right. She plays like the nun, and oh she was. God. We had no idea when, yeah. who she was, or had never seen her in anything, or heard of her, and walked out of that show being like, oh, god, she's Mary a genius. Testa was so funny, and this was so funny. But shit, that girl that played the nun stole it all because she's she was, a genius. That song. I'm so that she excited. Had with the, the guitar, the, no, no, oh, the, the slot the machine. Slot machine. Yes. I mean, she. It was like that. You know, it was like Brian Darcy James in Hamilton, where he, you just, oh, had mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. all right in the palm mm-hmm. of her hands and mm-hmm. could move her eyebrow, and we would all lose our Ugh. shit. Like she had us all. It was wonderful. So I'm so fucking excited for her. She was also recently on a, she was on The Good Wife like Oh, yeah, that's ago. right. That's she right. the counselor, therapist yeah. person that came into the mm-hmm. office. She was funny. Um, and Max Crum returning to Broadway. Hey, Welcome back. Congratulations. Welcome back. Lacretta Nicole, who I don't know. I'm going to assume that she's playing the black woman. Well, none of the other people on this list are black, right. so I hope so. Right. I hope she is black and is playing the black woman. Oh, man. Um, God, that character was so funny also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Seth Rudetsky is going to be in the show also I'm playing so fucking excited. I'm so fucking I'm excited. really excited. I'm really interested because a lot of the charm of this was how, like, low budget it was. Right. And now they have a big Broadway budget, but you can do a lot to make something look cheap. Right. And it can go well. And I'm not right. trying to be pessimistic because I have trust right. in everyone, but it can also be a little wonky. Yeah, I'm I mean, I hope that Oh my god, wait, is that a video of Jenner Smart's <laughs> song on Playbill? I don't know or we have to if watch it's this. the whole we thing, but yes. This. We're gonna watch that. <laughs> uh, everybody else go watch it. Yeah. Um Nope, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, I was talking about how a lot of money can make looking cheap good. Yeah, I guess it I, I am optimistic and hopeful that like part of the charm of the show is its ragtaggediness. Mm. Like um, let's put on a show. Right. And like, you know, like some of the funniest gags in it were like that one child playing mm-hmm. twins, you know, and with like one hat. Yeah. <laughs> that would like turn it around. You know, that yeah. was hilarious and great. And like I I don't think, you know, but I hope that it doesn't, yeah. like, they don't just throw a ton of money at it and think that that'll... Well, and to be honest, looking at this list of people in it, maybe most of the money's going to the people's Casting. salaries. I hope so. I hope and that's so. how they're able to do it, because they don't actually need a lot of money right. for the rest of you it. You don't. You don't need... I mean, we saw the show at that tiny little St. Luke's. Yeah. There was, I would say, no set. You know, there was, like, a curtain. There's a door, I think. 
which might have even been built in, you know, because a lot of those theaters have doors built in. Yeah. uh, But there was like a curtain, two curtains, maybe. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things that made that show work. Mm. It was so fucking funny. I'm so fucking excited. I'm going to start a countdown clock on my phone. (laughs) That's how excited I am about this. I want to know exactly how many days. God damn it. But March 2016 opening. I'll I'll set a countdown clock for March 15th. Okay. The Ides of March. Oh, wait, it does. Okay, well, I don't know why it said this. No. The, they, maybe they updated it. It begins previews on February 9th and opens on March 8th. Great. I will set a countdown clock. I'm so, I'm so excited. Also because um, the spring was pretty light so far. And this always happens. Things announce now for the spring because the fall clo- shows start closing. Right. Um, but, I'm yeah, it's a nice I surprise. I always find it really funny that it, I feel like every fall you're like – not every fall, but a lot of the times you talk about how you're like the, the spring's so light, and I'm like, girl, just wait. You know well, what's gonna happen. I know what I know that it was. I know what's gonna happen. It was less that the fall was, or that the spring was so light, but that the fall was so heavy. Mm. There usually aren't as many shows opening in the fall as there were this year. Yeah, we've received another Dreamcast. Okay, don't look at it. We received a Dreamcast from Thomas. Of the mystery of Edwin Drew. Thank you, Thomas. He gave a couple of choices for Ooh, each, which okay, is exciting. Okay. Now, for Edwin Drew slash Alice Nutting, I also appreciate that he has both both names. Both, <laughs> yes, uh, character in the show and actor character in the show. I don't know. Um, Barrett Wilbur Weed. Fuck yes. Right. Fuck yes. Right. Holy shit. Absolutely. Right. I want her to see her <laughs> sing right in on the wall. Yeah. That girl's voice yeah. is insanity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Approved. Okay. That's all she like that's all he only had one choice for that one, I guess. He was well, like, that was a good on one. Point. That's a yeah. good one. Rosabud slash Deirdre Peregrine, Ashley Park. Oh, oh right. yes. definitely. Right? Okay. I'm into that. Or Uh Jenny Barber. Well, obviously. (laughs) Jenny Barber's perfect Right, and Jenny Barber's like on-the-nose type. Ashley Park is like great non-traditional casting. Basically only because she's Asian. She fits that type other than that. (laughs) Racism. John Casper slash Clive Paget, Norm Lewis. Which character is that? Uh, 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 Will Chase. Yes, <laughs> I had to think about it for a second and remember who Will Chase was yeah. and what happened. I could say yes, 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 yes. I want to see this cast. <laughs> but here's or oh, Ryan Silverman. No, I still go no? with Norm. I, no, I'm not saying oh. no to like. I feel like you know. I, I think I think Thomas here has given us what people that would be cast mm-hmm. because they're good for the parts mm. and people who. Would also be amazing at the parts who will not get the chance because it's the great white way of mm, racism. Well, yeah. Because, like, yeah, obviously Ryan Silverman is perfect for that part. Mm-hmm. And He's I little, love him. I love his voice. young, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. He, but maybe that's also only because I've seen, too. well, yeah, Will Chase. Right. But who knows how what he looks Ryan's like with a mustache? Like, I don't know, in his early 30s. That's what I was going to say, something. late 20s, early 30s. But shit, he could probably still play like 20. Oh, yeah. Stage. You put like, him in like a. Uh, like t-shirt and jeans and like right. a yeah. cute leather jacket. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Let me just have a second. Um, but Norm <laughs> Lewis. Oh, yeah. He'd Norm. be great. Princess Puffer. 
slash Angela Prysock. These names. I know, right? These actor names. Beth Level. Yes. Or Lilius White. Oh, fuck. I mean, both. Yeah. I mean, I want to see Could we just have like a, yeah, like a double casting? Fuck yeah. Then they only have to do four shows a week. That's nice. Hell yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. They could do four, one, and three the next, and then they swap. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Bazard slash Philip Bax. Which one's Bazard? He's the one who sings. He's, um, <laughs> how do I describe him? He's the, I think he's the, um, He's the drunk guy? The drunk no. brave no, person? No, no, no. No, no, no. He sings, God, what is that song called? Nobody's... No, no you know, he's like, I have prepared a song when oh, there's a break in the show. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That guy, that guy. I was guy. like, why can't I describe this character? Right, right, Having right. such a hard time with that. Um, Josh Grissetti. Josh Grissetti from It, it Should Have Been, been You. Been you. Yeah. Yes. Approved. Yes. I love him. It's he's a sign. Yeah. yeah. You, do you follow him on the Instagram? I do. Don't. You should. I because should. Because he's in Japan right now. I know. And with he's Prince of Broadway. Storm. Jesus Christ, Prince of Broadway. Listen, I've been following Brianna Parham's pictures from uh, Japan and also Nancy Opal's. Is she on Instagram? She is. Oh, I should follow her. Because I've been following Nancy and mm, Josh and mm-hmm, seeing mm-hmm. all of their you should, stuff about you Prince. Hold on. We only have one more. Let me okay. do this. <laughs> Bazard. Oh, yeah. So Josh Grissetti or Bryce Pinkham. Brilliant. Which yeah. I think Bryce I could also work as a John Jasper. Which is a little close that's to... That's the Will Chase character. Yeah, yeah. Yes, A little agree, close to Gentleman's Guide, but right, that's fine. Right. And then Helena Landless slash Janet Conover, Philippa Sue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Approved. Or Karen Olivo. Okay. Yeah. Now, okay. we don't have a um, Andy Carl, her brother. He didn't do her brother. A land- I don't remember what his first name is, Landless. Neville? Neville, you're right. <gasps> you right. did it. Oh, my God. You know what's funny? When I was doing our review <clears throat> mm-hmm. for something, I don't remember, one of the reviews that we released, um, and we were trying to think of somebody's a character name, and I was like, Claire? Oh, And then yeah. I looked it up, it and I was right. right. Yeah. I was right. It's great. I um, figured you were, because if you weren't, you wouldn't have kept it in. Who would play... Neville Landless. I was just trying to think of like who could get really like funny and weird with yeah. it. What about Joshua Henry? I was thinking Joshua Henry too, <gasps> actually. Also because he doesn't, he's very funny, but he doesn't get to do too right, many comedic right, roles. Right. I, I was also thinking Joshua Henry. It'd also be funny. Again, it doesn't matter because what these about? are obviously colorblind cast, but like if you have him being the brother of Philip Sue is funny to me. Right. What about, <laughs> what about, I forget what his name is, but. Who who plays Lafayette in Hamilton? Ugh. That guy. Listen, I don't know if his name is David and spelled with two E's or David, and I feel very upset that I don't know. Okay. Um, Diggs is his name. David so Diggs. It's D-A-V-E-E-D. All right. And my instinct says David, but I feel like I read somewhere that it's like it's just spelled differently. Right. And then I feel like an asshole. Well, you know. Yeah, it's rough. Names. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I want to see him. Mm. I want to see him Mm -hmm. as Neville because I like Mm -hmm. him he's funny yeah so thank you for that That Thomas make that um, yeah I mean there's a ton more characters right because you know everybody has a million characters in that show but yeah everybody let's just do it again 
Yeah, we'll see you do I'd it again. This. I'd yeah. see it. Carolee, 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 Carolee. Update! You know what I just realized that I think is really funny? What? Is that we can the intro and the outro, but mm-hmm. we sing this song and our Laura Benanti Tweet of the Week intro live every week. That's true. That's funny to me. Well, we used to do the intro and outro live. And then we were like, this is a lot of dumb words to remember. <laughs> and we could record it once and keep it. Yep. I don't know. That's just funny to me. I just like singing to Carolee Carmelo yep. every mm-hmm. week. Carole well, it's a Carmelo. little different, you know, the spontaneity of live performance. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's our gal up to? She's been posting things on uh, the social media. Mm-hmm. Posting some good dub smashes. Yeah. Um, you know. She's really enjoying Still no updates about Carolee's Halloween. Right, we didn't get any, I guess, you know, she did a two-show day, so I guess it just wasn't yeah, in the cards yeah. for her this year to celebrate. And I, what, is there, did I miss a holiday, is there a holiday happening, like, tomorrow, on Monday, or On the 11th, weekend? it's Veterans Day. because oh, there was, like, a bunch of people have been, like, crazy, like, because Carly posted that dub smash of they're mm-hmm. doing, like, four shows in oh, two that- days. And there was someone okay. else's tweet. I don't remember who it was, but somebody else had tweeted something about how many shows they were doing in the next couple of days. Hmm. And I was like, what's going on? Hmm. That's interesting. Some Veterans crazy. Day is kind of like one of the ones that people ignore. Right. Especially because Oh, it's- America. Well, right. You sack of shit. We're only for our troops Fucking until they start costing us money again. God damn it. Our, our troops should live like princes. Yeah, they're entitled to it, right, Em? Fuck you. <laughs> it's all subjective. Well, it's all contextual. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yes, contextual. Yes, yes. That's what I mean. Well, I she's really liking the dub smash. And I'm a fan I love of it. it. It's wonderful. Yeah. I feel like God, I wonder if she's on Snapchat. No. Really? I mean, I guess that's just my immediate reaction. What happened? Something happened this week and I deleted Snapchat. So I guess oh. I don't want her to be on Snapchat. Oh. oh, right. Snapchat was like, oh, we made a slight change to our terms and services. We're saving all your pictures now when we might use them. Oh. And I was like, okay. Bye. And I, deleted it. I haven't used Snapchat in 100 years. I know. So I fine. like rarely used it. But Carolee, don't join Snapchat. They're saving your photos. They're saving all your nudies that you're sending to people. You wish. I've never sent a nude. Why? No. No. That's no. People that send nudes on I mean, I guess, whatever. I don't know what the kids are doing these days. <laughs> I like to use Snapchat to take funny pictures of I mean, myself. I'm not planning on it in the future, but I feel like if that were ever something I decided to do, I would use some sort of old camera that used film mm. and maybe have, like, learn how to develop film myself. I don't know. So I know that, how to develop well, film. Well, you can develop my nudes then. <laughs> <laughs> Because I trust you. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not against, I'm not blaming the victim. If you are, if your property is, is stolen, which that's what that is, then you are not at fault, even if you had taken naked pictures. Right. But because of how easily that is obtained, I feel like the answer there is to go analog. Right. Like, it's the sort of thing where... You know, you're not, you know, to make this understandable to people that um, are not women. Um, Mm. Basically, it's like if you were walking down the street and you had $200 in cash in your wallet, you wouldn't necessarily want to be counting that while walking down the street. 
because you're just showing everybody where your money is. Right. But if that money good, is, I don't know well, I think, I think it makes sense if you say, if you're walking down the street with $200 and someone steals that from you, your first res- there, someone, the police officer's first response shouldn't be like, why were you walking around with $200? Right, 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 right. They should, should be like, be. oh no, they stole your money. Let's go find those bad guys. <laughs> right. Right. It's like that same That's, like rape analogy where people are like, you know, this is if like, a guy got mugged and then they would be like, well, are you sure? Are you sure? You know, we heard that you're um, a charitable person and you gave $500 to a charity last week. So maybe you were just donating your money this yeah. week. Maybe you don't walk down that street where a lot of muggings happen. Right. And you're like, but I live on that street. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this is a real heavy episode. Woof! <laughs> Carolee Carmelo. Carolee Carmelo is wonderful and lovely, and we're just counting down the days until we get to see Tucker. I'm really excited to see Tuck. Me too. I'm excited. I think you'll love it. Me too. Should I reread that book real yes. quick? Okay. Yes. Everybody should reread the book also because the book is brilliant well, and right. I think it has a lot better life lessons than the musical not like mm-hmm. significantly but slightly i think mm-hmm. what the book is saying is slightly lost in the musical mm. that happens a lot yeah it's just it's a just great because, book and it's a kid's book you can read yeah. it in a day oh sure yeah it's real good now it's time for the laura benanti tweet of the week listen we have two tweets this week because they are connected tweets. yes exactly companion tweets on November 3rd at 2.11 p.m., Laura Renanti tweeted, A photographer just took a photo of me on the streets of NYC wearing a pink fleece and a f- my fanny pack. So you're welcome, America. <laughs> and then on November 3rd at 9.47 p.m., she tweeted, This is it. This is the photo. You're welcome, fashion. The world is my runway. And then she tweeted the photo. Which is her, like, clearly just walking down the street, running some errands, and then... Uh, you know, caught the eye of the photographer at the moment mm-hmm. they took a picture. So she's got that look in her face, like resting bitch face yep. slash what is that person doing? And like mid stride. Right, so right. it's, she doesn't look, she doesn't look bad. Some she just looks a little awkward. Yep. And her fanny pack. Yeah. She loves that fanny pack. Mm-hmm. She and Kelly from Project Runway this season, because I still watch Project Runway. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. I don't. Which is funny because Kelly is also from New Jersey. And I was like, of course you guys love fanny packs. Mm-hmm. Can't, I can't. My mom wore a fanny pack like in the early 90s. I can't. I can't get behind it. I can't, yeah, I, I can't get down with the fanny pack. I wore a fanny pack a lot when I would go to Six Flags Great America. Mostly because I had glasses. And that is the was like the best place to put my glasses in. It's not a purse, so you don't right. have to put it in a locker or in those bins. Can you take it on the ride with you? You can take it uh, on the ride with you. You can protect your glasses. You can protect your glasses. And practical. like depending on how you situate it, you know, it's you can like get it tucked in there without crushing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fanny packs. I wouldn't rec- I wouldn't like wear one now, but I understand the the I wish there weren't the stigma because I do understand the, the hands-free function of them. Yeah. And shoulder-free. Yeah. I have round, short shoulders, so purses fall off my shoulders mm. a lot. It's very, like, a lot of, like... I like a cross-body cross bag is mm. my fave style. Cross-body or a backpack. Mm. Hands-free. I don't like adults in backpacks. But you don't have, like, a book bag. You have, like, a cute little fashion backpack. Right. 
You know what I mean? Wait, so did you hate like the backpack that I used before that was like a backpack well, backpack? You are you are a responsible backpack wearer too though. What do you mean? Like you you take it off if you're on a crowded subway, you sometimes sometimes well, you I should don't. always do that. Because but my backpack is not that large. Mm. Well, I'm talking about your like small one too. Why are you so anti backpack? I don't I don't like I can carry more stuff. I, I wear a backpack if I have to. I just don't like it when I have to. I wear a backpack whenever I go to the airport because you're allowed a purse and a carry-on. And then if I have, like, my carry-on carry-on, then I can just put my purse in the backpack, and really I have three bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that game. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Laura Benanti's a fashion icon. I didn't know you were so anti-backpack. I, adults. But they're not. I, I. So is your problem with adults that wear like you know JanSport? Yeah, backpack. Which is the one that I have, which is funny. <laughs> so you're a hypocrite. I fully admit that. That's funny. But no, I always okay. am properly ashamed like, when I'm wearing when my I, JanSport backpack. When I see like an right. adult male in a suit mm-hmm. wearing a backpack, I'm like, I don't know, bro. That's weird. <laughs> that looks weird. You're ruining your suit outfit. But like your suit outfit. But I feel like uh, if it's not like a backpack that was designed for like a high schooler, that's what that's like what I picture in my head when I. That's why when I said that, and I said, but not your cute fashion backpack. Don't don't discriminate. I should wear one of those like tiny backpacks that people wore in the (laughs) nineties. Hashtag not all fanny packs. I had a tiny little backpack when I was. Did you have one that looked like an animal? No, no, mine was like a mini backpack that was probably about, I don't know, maybe like 10, less than that, probably 10 inches. It was probably like six inches mm-hmm. tall, eight inches maybe. And it was red sequins. Mm-hmm. It was. This makes me think of 10 things adorable. I hate about you. I thought it was pretty cute to have mm-hmm. that teeny tiny little backpack. Yeah. You know, it was like 1997. Yeah. I no, was I got watching you. great. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Keep doing you, Benanti. Hey, man. Live free. I'm going to wear my backpack. I'll silently judge you for it, but I won't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go go see live theater. theater!